You you are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to the Locked On Buckeyes podcast. Matt Hayes, Brandon Beam, 97.1 The Fan. It's Tuesday, October 23rd. Are we chunking up the deuces to the season yet? God, I mean, I hate the fact that we've had to play this two times in a week span, man. I just feel like I, I we're going to play all depressing open open music Hello, this whole <laughs> this whole week just because of, <laughs> because of what's going on. There's been so much bad news yeah. surrounding Ohio State. Man. So much, man. It just feels like there is an extremely dark cloud hanging over this football program right now. And we've got some other stories today that we'll dive into that will definitely you know add more to that storm because it just seems like Beam. Where we're headed, and I look, I know it's not overreaction Tuesday, but there's still, to me, a bad feeling about where this team's headed. We'll get into that, but you, my friend, are a little nicked up right now. Yeah, Explain I to am. the people why so, you're hurting. Listen, I play in a non competitive softball league. Uh, last night was the playoffs, and we usually play two games in one night. Last night was single elimination, though. If you don't get past the first team, you're out. Boom, bang, done. Season's over. We, uh, we were 8-2 and two on the year, mm-hmm. played 10 games, 5 weeks. Last night was our 6th week of playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were 8-2 and two on the year. The only reason we have two losses is because we had to forfeit because we didn't have any players. Wow. So we had a pretty good year. Didn't all right? call me. We had a, I know. That's the crazy part. We didn't even have to bring the ringer in. All right? And uh, so we had a pretty good year, and last night we were uh, buckling up for the playoffs. Now, you know, I'm not the most athletic person in the world, but you know what? I can get it done. Sure. I had my time. Yep. Um, so strapping it up last night, ready to go. Uh, for our softball playoffs yeah. uh, down at Burliner Park, which is great. If you're not familiar with Columbus, it's about five minutes away from the radio station. It's fantastic. Yeah. And so we're getting ready to go. Uh, last night I'm playing. I'm all good. Um, we get through our first game. No problems at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we win our first game, I think, by seven or eight runs. Oh, so already we're, we're into the championship game. Cats out there. Into yeah, the championship like game. Uh, the team that we played in the, the finals was the team that we had to forfeit to because we didn't have enough players. Uh, so we had never faced them before. Okay, and they were, game. Yeah, they were playing this little, like, uh, they were playing a hybrid defense, Matty. They had a oh. roamer. They didn't oh. have four outfielders. The 4 out- two, five of softball. Yeah, they didn't have four outfielders. What they did is they placed a guy in shallow center field like right that. behind second That's base. That's smart. To hit, you know, to really get anything. So that means their guys in the outfield were very agile. Absolutely, they were. They had a couple, couple of Jackie Bradley Jr. catches out there. It was fantastic. World Series tonight, by the, the way. Game the was game was good. One. So you know, me not being an agile, um, athletic guy, I play catcher. I had to play catcher in softball. It's all good. So yeah. um, my first injury of the night happened on a throw to home. Skidded off a guy's glove. Ooh. Skidded off a guy's glove. I got hit right in the upper thigh area. Okay. I got a big old bruise that I'm dealing with today, but that's fine. You know, that's some of the nicks that come with the game. Yep. Uh, my second injury came on a, a play. I got on base. I think we were trailing by three runs. I think it was like eight to five or something like this in the third inning. Uh, it was a very offensive performance. Defense was uh, in in shambles on both sides. The of fans the ball. don't want to see defense anyway. No, it was a, it was a great high flying action game. And so I get on base. It's all good. A uh, guy behind me hits a seed out to uh, center field over the over the guy's head, tips his glove. I thought he was going to catch it, so I had to tag up. Yeah. He ends up dropping it, so I'm taking second. I'm rounding second. All the team is telling me to stop. I blew through the stop sign. 
Goodness. I just blew through it. I'm like, you know what? We got to be aggressive out here on this base pass. I knew that this guy has a cannon for an arm. Like I said, I'm not the fastest person in the right, world, right, so right. I knew that I was going to have to do it. I got my buddy over there at third base who's coaching me, and I get about a quarter of the way there, and he's yelling at Stop me, down, 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 oh, down. down, already. He's yelling down. And so what happens <laughs> is I get about 10 feet away from the base, and I just go full-on Pete Rose, head-first slide. The throw, it's a bang-bang play. We get there. Hands touch the base. Guy tags me. I'm called safe. Yes. We end up scoring eight runs in that inning. It was huge. There were two outs. It was a big rally. Look at you sparking a rally. I did. I had to blow through that stop sign, I like man. That. That's I guts. absolutely had to do it. That's guts right for, there. For, in order for our team to win, I don't want to say it was the most important part of the game, but I think it, you know, I think it was. It, yeah, it had to and happen. And then um, so everything was good. And then I realized when I slid, I think I may have cracked a rib. So not only do cracked I cracked a rib, I, I've got a big strawberry today okay. on my left upper thigh area. It was very close to being super dangerous. And then I don't know, maybe not cracked a rib, but it may be a bruised rib because my back's hurting today. Man. My ribs, you know, that's a lot of but weight. But you Maddie. know what? You laid it all out on the line. I did. When you had to have it the most. So you got to respect that. I respect the heck out of it, especially the Pete Rose slide. But no, you're banged up today. We got to get you healthy. But you got it done. We you did. got it done, we, and that's all that matters. We raised the trophy. That's all that matters. It was a matters. great game. We ended up winning 15-14. to 14. It all came down to my slide for third base. So we got it done, Maddie. We hoisted the trophy. I am 1-1 one and one in softball leagues for a title. I came back out of retirement. I was like uh, David Ross with the Cubs, right? Coming out of retirement, I get one ring, oh, and that's it. Set off right into the sunset. The sunset. Yeah, there beautiful thing. Charlie Beam is what I'm going to call yeah. you instead of Charlie Hustle. All right, look, so speaking of injuries – this literally just came down, yeah. what, about 15 minutes ago? Yeah. We're seeing this from our guy, Austin Ward, who we've had on mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago. He's from Letterman Row. Go check him out. But this is not good news, and this is something that's going to affect the offensive side of the ball for the Buckeyes. Wide receiver Austin Mack could miss the remainder of the season after undergoing surgery on his foot per a report. The expected recovery time is six to eight Mm. weeks, according to Austin, which could allow Mack to return for the postseason. An Ohio State spokesman told Letterman Rowe Mack is out indefinitely after the procedure. Right now, Mack's got 26 receptions, 331 yards, and a touchdown and has served as Ohio State's lone starting X uh, wide receiver. Okay, so... You come out of the Purdue game. Yep. Already feeling bad. Already feeling really bad. Now, the concern was always about the defensive side of the ball, but now this is going to affect things offensively. Yep. And now, why? while this may not be the biggest deal, because you are talking about a position that has a ton of depth, has a ton of veteran guys there that have all been really pretty good all year long. This is still something when it comes to the psyche of the team being that can get things rolling in a wrong direction. But hopefully it doesn't do that. But there's no doubt they're going to miss 11 a.m. out there because he and Dwayne Haskins have a good rapport. And I know that the TCU game was a thorn in everybody's sure. side, but this guy to me is a darn good receiver. And not having him the rest of the way could sneak up on Ohio State. Right now, if I had to put my freaking out scale right now from 1 to 10, yep. I for the remainder of the season, I'm at about a five. I'm at about a five only just a five. because we only a five just because I'm such a believer in this offense and what they can do. Now, the running game I know is a big deal, but when you have a quarterback the way they have a quarterback, he can make up for so good. We've been calling the easy breezy beautiful cover girl the last couple weeks because he is just putting makeup on all of the flaws. But 
the depth is something you always want to have, especially later in the year, being right now uh, that zone six group is taking a hit. Austin Mack could miss the remainder of the season. It's 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 a it's a blow. I just don't know how big of a blow it is. Yeah, I, I'm with you on the fact, you know, you go with a five, I'm at about a seven, Maddie, because the the one thing that you could say about Ohio State all season is that it's had an elite passing game. Now they've had other struggles. You know, sure. we've that has been well documented, whether it be the pass defense, the run defense, both uh last week, the run offense. The one thing that I think you could count on uh each week going into every single game is the fact that you knew that your passing offense was going to be there. Now, um, when you look at a guy like Austin Mack and you talk about 26 catches, uh, 331 yards, yeah. you know that you know that's pretty good. Yeah, you know, that's not it's solid. It, it's not like he's going to be uh, a guy who's going to go out there and get a thousand yards, and it's going to be uh, the biggest hit you could have mm-hmm. uh, by losing this guy. But what happens then? is the fact that you're already thin at offense, all right? There's no way to sugarcoat it. Your run game is not good. No. It's trash yeah, compared it's, to Ohio State standards, yeah. all right? It is no good at all. So when you lose a guy like Austin Mack uh, and you have less depth than you did before, I think that, for me, uh, it, it's grounds for an absolute freakout because now – uh, instead of having all these receivers out there and all these weapons, mm-hmm. uh, you're down one man. And I know that you know we're at a place at Ohio State where it's you know you don't rebuild, you reload, and it's next man up philosophy. Well, they were supposed to be next man up philosophy this past weekend, and they got housed at Purdue. Yeah. And so I'm at a, a freaking out scale because I think that uh, Dwayne Haskins has the best rapport with Austin Mack, mm-hmm. and necessarily he doesn't lead the team in targets, doesn't lead the team in receptions, touchdowns. Uh, yardage, anything like that. Yeah. But that's always a guy that a defense has to count on. Now, if you throw Ben Victor in at that X spot, mm-hmm. you know, a guy who I'm sure is going to get more play time. He has to. Who is a big time weapon. And I think we're all drooling and salivating for him to get in the game more. Austin Mack is a surefire thing. When you look at him, uh, I know, you know, you talked about it with a thorn in your side with that TCU game. I think he had three, four, five drops in that game. One of them was you a know, touchdown. Yeah. And, and that's, I think that's been fixed for the most part. It happens. You know, yeah. It does. It, it happens. Your offense plays sloppy at times. And those are the correctable mistakes. But now you're going to be without this guy for six to eight weeks. Already a thin offense that has no run game, who is getting blasted in the trenches. Um, And now that's going to be a defense that maybe has, you know, a half second more uh, to defend a player than Austin Mack. Ben Victor's routes running. Arnest Crisp is Austin Mack. Uh, I know his hands are as good. Um, You know, it's just, it's something that you look at and you say, well, Ohio State's got four or five star guys. Uh, that they can pump in there in that offense too, but a guy missing a guy like Austin Mack is so imperative yeah. because it's always it's always going to be a safety valve thing. For sure. Even even if Dwayne Haskins, you know, is under pressure and there's a double coverage on Austin Mack, the fact that you can have faith in that guy that yeah. he's going to bring it down. Look at the Michigan game last year, double covered through that pill to Austin Mack mm-hmm. on the sideline. That's what that guy brings you. And I know he's had his trouble this year with drops in that TCU game, but when you're without a guy like that, that leaves you one possession weaker uh, on the offensive side of the ball. For an offense right now who can't have any weak spots. And here's the thing. When you talk about him playing that X receiver and him being kind of that safety blanket, for Dwayne, that is big time because you always need a possession receiver that can get you that third and six, sure. that can get you that third and nine. And Austin Mack has that ability. He had that ability and the rapport with Dwayne Haskins, especially when you talk about a lot of these receivers being big play receivers, talking about home run hitting receivers. 
Um, he was a guy that could really handle all of the underneath stuff. So this is a big blow for them. But when you talk about K.J. Hill, Paris Campbell, Terry McLaurin, those being your top three leading receivers for Ohio State, at least you know you have those guys intact. But now it is time, like you mentioned, Benjamin Victor, all of us fans are waiting to see this guy really blow up consistently. We've seen it a couple times this year with a couple big catches, especially the one at Penn State. But this is a guy, when you see the talent, he is one of those receivers where you put, this is the receiver you drop in a lab. This is that type sure. of guy. He looks like A.J. Green. He's got that body type. We need to see more from them. All right, we got to take a quick break here. Then we'll talk about a pretty another negative story that came out yesterday that's involving uh, the Ohio State team. We'll get to that in a second, but I want to let you know about Vivid Seats. It's an, it is an online event ticket marketplace dedicated to providing fans of live entertainment with experiences that last a lifetime. With Vivid Seats, listeners can watch their favorite teams and artists perform in person. Vivid Seats helps fans find their seats to any of their favorite live events, including sports, concerts, theater, and more. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app. Enter promo code LOCKED ON ALL CAPS to receive $20 off orders of $200 or more. As a new customer of Vivid Seats, go check our folks out right now. You are Locked On Buckeyes. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcasts Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea. All right, so... What is, is this just negative Tuesday today? I don't is that know what we're just going to label it's this just, as? It's the week, man. You, you get housed against Purdue. You get 49 points dropped on you. This is what's going to happen. You have the number two team in the country. They go to West Lafayette against a 3-3 three and three team. I told you yesterday, we both told you last week, we yeah. were shooting up flares saying do not fall into this. This is a Purdue team that's much better than it is. Yep. You go in there, you get thoroughly tacked around that football field. And this is what happens. Everybody, I think it is. It's an overreaction Tuesday. Everyone freaks out. There's a bunch of news stories coming out. Sure. You know, we just talked about Austin Mack potentially missing six to eight weeks. For could, the uh, season. Yeah, could potentially be out for the season. Um, so, yeah, this is just going to be a negative Tuesday here. And here's the thing, real quick, going back to Austin Mack before we bring up this news story. Like, hamstrings and foot injuries are so tricky, and they're so easy to re-injure. Like, look at Greg Olson in the NFL right now. This guy's had a foot injury for the last two and a half years, and he keeps going out there, and he keeps re-injuring it. So, for a guy like Austin Mack, like, wide receivers who need that explosion, this could be a big problem. So, I'm not going to sit here and have a lot of hope that Austin Mack's going to return. If he does end up healthy, and somehow Ohio State ends up playing in the college football playoff, then that would be a tremendous boost. But I'm telling you, those hamstrings and foot injuries could be very tricky. So now let's get to this story that was dropped yesterday afternoon uh, by footballscoop.com. And the title of the headline beam is Friction at Ohio State. So here's the beginning of this. The past few weeks, industry sources have mentioned to Football Scoop issues at Ohio State between the football staff and athletics leadership as well as within the program itself. Multiple times, the term friction has been used to describe issues between Urban Meyer and Gene Smith and their respective key lieutenants. Within the football program itself, it has been said that there is tension that hasn't been present in previous years. Okay, now I will say... That if this is 100% true, if we're going to take this as fact beam and we're just reporting what Football Scoop is throwing out there, that this wouldn't be surprising to me because of everything that that went place, that transpired this summer, early fall. We don't need to go there. So this doesn't surprise me at all when you talk about the suspension and all of that stuff. And everybody watched the press conference, and if you're half decent at reading body language, you could tell that there was a difference between Urban Meyer and Gene Smith. So now... 
You've got stuff like this coming out, like you said, the week after you getting your teeth kicked in by Purdue, or a couple of you getting your teeth kicked in by Purdue. And this is the stuff that worries me when you talk about um, how this could crumble beam a season. Because if this stuff is true, and if over there at the Woody Hayes right now, Urban and Gino are on the same page, or some coaches, whatever the case is, yeah. we don't know, this is going to permeate throughout the locker room. And you've already had one big bomb dropped in the locker room with the best player on the team not even being a part of the program anymore. And now if these guys start hearing that Urban and Gene and all the higher-ups and everybody else involved, whoever is involved, that there's a ton of beef going on there, I'm telling you, this is going to affect the team. And we talked about it yesterday. When you've got Sparty, when you've got Michigan, James Laurinaitis came in here before we started the pod. He was warning us about Nebraska and their offense. When you've Nebraska, got Nebraska, a right. one-win college exactly. football team. When you've got stuff like that coming down the line, yep. and you've got negative stories like this about personal things, I'm telling you, it could get bad really, really quick for the Buckeyes. Yeah, it can. And the biggest thing, Maddie, uh, whether you're running, I don't know, a youth team, you're running a high school, a varsity team, whether it be softball, basketball, you know, track, whatever you want to talk about, volleyball, anything, you know, it it's when you're at a, as high of level as Ohio State is, and listen, there is no doubt about it that this city and this market and their undying love for the scarlet and gray and Ohio State football, it's a pressure cooker. Sure. It is a 100% pressure cooker. And you could look and say, well, Columbus is just a sleepy little town. It's not. It's not when it comes to Ohio State football. This entire state is a rabid fan base for this team, and it is truly Ohio's professional sports team. You know, it's split among cities. You can look at the Bengals and you can look at the Browns, Reds and Indians, Cavs. There is one thing that's holy to Ohioans for the most part. You know, I don't want to put a percentage on it, but I would say 75% of Ohioans in the fall, you ask what they're looking forward to most the weekend, and I think it's Ohio State. Of course. And, you know, every Saturday it rolls around. You know, we see it. There's such a fever pitch around this team. And when you live in that pressure cooker – and when you're getting paid six, seven million dollars a year, like yeah. Urban Meyer is, there's no doubt that the expectations are so high. And so when you start to have maybe cracks in the foundation a little bit, mm-hmm. and you're not on the same page, even if you're a half page off, you know maybe that communication line isn't as open as it used to be before this scandal. And maybe in, in, instead of you know calling each other three, four times a week to talk about what's going on inside the university, maybe that drops down to one. Instead of sending 10 emails to each other, maybe you're only sending three a week. And so this is how stuff starts to happen where athletic departments and teams don't get on the same page. And of course that resonates. Of course it does. Of course it resonates between the players and the coaches and the staff at the athletics facility. Everything about this. You know, we work at a radio station. Everybody has, you know, jobs that they work and they go to every day. You're an idiot if you don't think that you don't know when something isn't going on inside of the company you work for, inside of the school that you go to, whatever. You can tell body language Mm -hmm. is a huge thing. And we even pointed it out yesterday on the podcast when Urban, you know, was talking in that sound clip that he gave about, you know, we need to get better. We get guys in the staff. He was just down and out. he, He felt like he was down and out, you know, just from the inflection on his voice. And so I think when stories like this come out, um, I think there's two ways that you can go for it. And going back to the whole Nick Bosa thing, you can either sit there and feel sorry for yourself and let it get worse, yeah. uh, and you can continue to be petty about things, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's about the suspension, whether it's about the non-suspension, whatever happened in the summer. I don't know. I don't, I don't know the yeah, fine details know, right. about what it's over. But then you can have you know players start saying, well, you know, 
it's obvious that the coaches aren't putting 100%. And I'm not saying that that's not true, but you know, just things like that that you can think up in your mind that what could possibly be going on over there. And it all happens. Uh, you've seen this with good teams before, Matty. You've seen this with elite programs. You've seen this with professional programs. Yeah. Guys and teams who are so close together and are so talented and elite that when you lose a game – then I think a lot of stuff can hit the fan. There's because so when you're winning, it's the cure-all. Of course. It's the cure-all. And then when you go and you lose a game, it's like absolutely taking kerosene in a match, and then it's just an explosion of stuff. Well, he said this, and he said that. Right. And I can tell my coach is out of here, then why do I need to be given effort? Our offensive line isn't blocking for me. Then you become very selfish. Yep. And in a team game like this, you cannot have that happen. You can't have it happen. And you know, I'm just sitting here thinking because – when you look at what's happening, I'll, I'll use an NFL team as a comparison right now, and that's just X and O stuff, the Jaguars. Yep. Okay? They got a really crappy situation going on right now with their quarterbacks, and they can't do anything about it. And you know what's happening in that locker room? Is these cats on defense yep. are like, you're going to pay Blake Bortles $18 million per, and now we're stuck with him. And now you're seeing arguably one of the best defenses that we've seen in a decade sure. not look like themselves because they've got in-house BS going on. And Jalen Ramsey, I watched his interview yesterday, sure. and the media was talking to him. He says, you guys know what's going on. He's alluding. He can't tell us, sure. but he's letting you know that there's problems in-house. And when you have stuff like this permeating uh, throughout the program and there, there could be possible beef between the higher-ups, and now you've got stuff where, look – if we're talking about the Jag, let's be real. The offensive guys in that locker room, he could be looking at the guys on defense saying, what the heck's going on? Sure. What is going on, right? right. The one game, because we said this too, there's going to be a game where the offense just doesn't have it, and yep. that was Purdue, right? And the one game where the defense could have bailed them out, they could, they didn't do it, and Ohio State has been carrying, uh, for the most part, this team all year long. No, this is something to monitor moving forward, but whenever you have breadcrumbs like this, Beam, we know how this works. A lot of the times People, the breadcrumbs aren't coming out of nowhere. No, and that's what we can't stress enough. In our business, if we mention something, you know, if something gets mentioned on TV as a report put out, and Football Scoop does a great job. You know, they do yeah. a phenomenal job of putting out things uh, for you to digest, for you to read about, uh, for problems, for reporting. They do a fantastic job. If you don't follow them, I suggest you do because yep. they, they really are. They're up on all. They're, they're in, right. They're on a lot of different things, and that's their sole focus to find out what's going on in college football. And we've seen it before. When stuff goes awry and you lose a game that you're supposed to win, you're supposed to go in their house and dominate, and that doesn't happen, you can really split our locker room in half Rather quickly. Maddie, yep. let me tell you about our guys from Sling TV. Yes, yes. You don't want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. Are you sick and tired of paying for 20 channels that you never watch and you just want to see your team win? Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. For $30 a month, you can get ESPN, Pac-12, SEC, Big Ten, and more. Stream it on your big screen or all of your favorite devices. Sling TV gives you the live TV that you love, except only better. There are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel it at any time. Sign up for Sling TV and get a 7-day free trial. Locked On listeners can get their 7-day free trial by going to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G dot com slash locked on. Go to Sling TV and check our guys out this is locked on Buckeyes your team every day all right we got a couple more minutes here and then tomorrow I think what we can what we can do beam is let's talk about big picture stuff tomorrow yeah um, yeah, that I sounds think, good. I think what we should let's talk about Dwayne and Heisman odds because I still think that's something that's still in play yeah, okay me too. because he threw for 400 what 70 yards like I, we didn't even mention it that he broke exactly. the single game passing record <laughs> exactly I mean everybody was out here you know talking about 
bad stuff and how do you recover yeah. and this and rightfully so yeah absolutely because single game stats don't matter maddie it's all about a team game it's all about wins and losses we talked about how urban meyer gets paid seven million dollar your job is to win college football games yeah. now you look at Dwayne haskins He's been pretty good. Yeah, he's been pretty good. And look, his Heisman odds before Saturday were three to one. He had the mm-hmm. second best odds. Um, but now, ironically enough, he is tied with Michigan quarterback Shea Patterson. Ooh. So now you're looking at the top guys for your Heisman odds right now as we sit here. Tua four to eleven odds, which is absurd. <sighs> Kyler Murray, seven to two odds. Dwayne's at twelve to one. Shea Patterson's at twelve to one. And Trace McSorley is at 14 to 1. So no, it's not lost. I still think Beam that he will end up in uh New York. Now I think the thing that's going to benefit him possibly um this could be is that he's got big games coming up, yeah. right? He's got big games coming up with Sparty and Michigan. If you play really well against those good defenses, that's going to benefit you, but the thing that if you're really in the camp of Dwayne winning the Heisman that should scare you is that one Kyler Murray plays in the Big 12, they play no defense. His numbers are going to be absolutely ridiculous and Tua right now is starting to separate himself further and further from the pack because Alabama has been so dominant and he's been such a large part of that that from a perception standpoint, he's the guy. And especially now that Dwayne, they've got a, a one in the right column instead of a donut now, um, that's going to be a problem. But no, Beam, not all hope is not lost for the Heisman. This cat could still win this thing if he puts up big games and especially if they end up playing in Indy in the Big, big, big Ten Championship. Yeah, we talk about it so much uh, about the Heisman. It's obviously the most illustrious college uh, accolade award that you can get for a single player. And listen, you know, you can fault Dwayne Haskins' team, you can fault Ohio State all you want. Uh, but for the most part, that guy's been money all year. You know, he's playing against Big Ten defenses uh, who are okay. Uh, they're okay to good yep. so far. I'm not going to say that they've played an elite defense yet because I truly don't think they have. You're going to get those games, you're going to get them against Michigan State, you're going to get those against Michigan. Uh, so I do. I, I think that everything is still all in front of Dwayne Haskins. Um, the thing that you know obviously hurts him the most is that his team has now lost a game, yes. and we have all this coming out. You know, maybe about friction about Ohio State, uh, about losing one of his guys, his bailout receiver, his roommate. Yeah, his roommate Austin Mack. You know, you've got the story about that coming out today that he could possibly d- be done uh, for the end of the year. So you look at Dwayne Haskins and you look at a guy that says he's got all the tools in the world. His numbers are going to be there with the best in college football. Yes, it's something that we've never seen at Ohio State. But we all know how the Heisman works, man. If you are not one of those top four teams, and if you do not get your team into a college football playoff berth, then there's not a true likelihood that you can win it. No, I mean, there's you know, not. I guess the last time that we saw a guy like that win would have been Johnny Manziel. That's sure. just because he was putting up stupid numbers. Crazy Nobody numbers. else in, in college football was putting up numbers like him. You could go back. Robert Griffin III was another guy like that uh, who was putting up crazy numbers, doing his things down at Baylor. But for the most part, you know. And mm-hmm. when a guy like Tua Tungavailoa is still sitting on zero in the interception column. And 25 TDs. 25 touchdowns, zero interceptions. It, I, I don't now I don't want to say this off the top of my head, but I'm I don't think he's played much of any fourth quarters this year. And that's stupid. Right? Like that's, I really don't think and he's And right played. now he is absolutely the leader in in the yeah, clubhouse. He has to be. And he's got a great team around him. Yeah. He's got the pedigree of the brand of a A on the side of his helmet. Sure. You know what Alabama is. They're an absolute wrecking ball. If you think they're not the best team in college football right now, then you're out of your damn mind. And so when you have them 
right there, and you have a guy like Tua who is bringing the most firepower to an Alabama offense that we've ever seen, mm-hmm. you know, it's likely he's likely going to win unless something catastrophic happens and the fact that he either gets hurt or they drop a couple of games, which I don't see happening. No. Um, unless something happens like that, then he's going to be your guy. Now, Dwayne has his chances. Dwayne has his odds. Yep. He has his chances to make an impact, to make an argument for himself. Everything's still in front of Ohio State. No, I know is. we pushed the panic button on Monday, and I think rightfully so. And there's a lot of panic points that I think you can hit for Ohio State, but the one consistent yeah. all year has been Dwayne Haskins, and I think he's truly deserving of a spot uh, in New York City uh, to get that award. Now, if he wins it, whether or not, that all depends on how Ohio State finishes the rest of the season. But he's put himself in a very good statistical standpoint to actually go and try to win that award. No question. That's it, man. That's it. Nice little Tuesday. So hopefully tomorrow when we come back, there's not any more negative stories, no more injury news. like Because like you said, the season is not lost. It feels that way, and they're going to need some help. But like, they are still in control of winning the Big Ten East. Sure. And possibly playing in the college football playoff. How do you playoff. rebound? That's the Let's theme. See. That's the theme for the rest of the year. It doesn't feel good right now. We'll be back tomorrow. And Beam... May have a cracked rib, may not. Who knows? I'm going to go get that checked out. Go Maybe I'm going to be on the Austin Mac timetable. <laughs> Six to eight weeks. We'll see if I even return. Nick Bosa style. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Locked Up Buckeyes podcast. Peace.